listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Last night, I journeyed through cyberspace to the conceptual Nighthawks Diver. In this amazing podcast, the hosts discuss movies, classic movies, new movies, good movies, bad movies, movies that haven't been made yet, movies from Norway. Each movie a journey, each episode giving valuable context. The films were made accessible, and I was victorious. Nighthawks Podcast. All episodes downloadable separately. Available through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. In 1988, the movie-going public was asked to forget all they know, or all they think they know. And now, in 2022-2023, the TV-going public is being asked, Hey, do you remember when? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Screener Squad. Today we are talking about the Willow series on Disney+. Plus. The follow-up to the feature film from 1988 starring Warwick Davis and Val Kilmer. Warwick Davis is back. Val Kilmer is not, uh, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But uh, joining me on the One of Us panel this evening, we have the heroic Jordan. This show has sword lesbians, so it is a 10 out of 10. (laughs) We just jumped right Yeah, just tip in your hand early. We also have the intrepid Matt. Hey, how's it going? I should have uh, called myself Matt Mardigan for Ooh, this Ooh, there one. you go. Ah. Ah. And, of course, the swashbuckling harmony. I do like the buckle swashes. That's true. All right, gang. So here we are 30-some years later digging into new Willow stories for the first time. I, I guess my first question for all of you, when did you guys come to the property? Is Willow something that you grew up with? Is this a movie that you hit later? Okay. Well, I was born a year after this movie came out, but I grew up with it because my older brother, this was like his favorite movie as a kid. So like my parents had already seen it enough. So I guess they were happy that he inflicted it on me instead. And I watched a lot, but you know, as I grew up, I came to appreciate it because it's a, it's a really good story. I rewatched it uh, ahead of the series and it's still really goddamn good. Yeah, I absolutely grew up with it. I'm a little older than Jordan. I remember watching this fairly often growing up. So we must have had it on VHS or something for you kids out there. That's, you know, magic. Don't worry about it that they don't use anymore. Um, 
but I, yeah, I really loved this movie to begin with, um, and definitely had the hots for Val Kilmer as Mad Mardigan. <laughs> so, <laughs> sexual awakening, maybe I don't know. Very fond me- memories of watching this. I remember playing the NES game too. There was a yeah. Nintendo game. Yes, I remember playing that and being terrible at it because it did not have good mechanics. But <laughs> I'm also of an age to have watched it. I don't remember. I don't think I did watch it in the theater. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I did either. You know, probably something I watched on HBO or um, home video when it came out as a uh, you know a vaunted new release that costs slightly extra in our video store. <laughs> Um, See, I have vivid memories of going to this in the theater. Um, Like when I think of theater going experiences of my childhood, this is the one. And it was Willow. Oh, really? It was a duplex. It was Willow and across the hall was playing Beetlejuice. Oh, that would have been awesome. And I vividly, I vividly remember walking out of Willow just on cloud nine. It was this most amazing adventure I'd ever seen on the screen. I was in love. I wanted to talk about it. My best friend was walking out of Beetlejuice and he's trying to sell me on this ghost comedy. And so we both made (laughs) each other insanely jealous. And it was, it's a very fond memory from childhood. And then my, my dear late sainted Mima recorded Willow off of the Disney channel one year. And so it got heavy, heavy play in my house. This was a dear favorite of mine as a kid. Oh, yeah. And it's incredible for being really the only fantasy franchise Warwick Davis is in that's of note. And I mean the only one. (laughs) His other big franchise is a horror franchise. (laughs) The best horror franchise that exists. Wow. Well, Warwick Davis is back, as we said, uh, bringing with him a couple of familiar faces and a lot of new ones uh, for a whole brand new adventure that kind of follows up. It's not nearly as much time as has passed in real life, although I don't know how aging mechanics work in the nine realms, I think is what we're calling this fantasy world that we're building here. This kind of came out of left field for me. Like they dropped a teaser which was just Warwick Davis out of character introducing the cast. And it was kind of, I think it was a D23 day, something like that. And all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, hey, remember Willow? We're doing a series. Yeah. And it got me so excited. But then I'm like, well, I got to temper my expectations. So many things have come back and disappointed me. I don't know if I want this to be one. But by and large, how did this, uh, how did this leave y'all? I rather enjoyed it. I I had a lot of stuff going on this holiday season, so I didn't get a chance to watch it weekly like I would have liked. So I kind of binged it all in the past week or so. I was very excited when I heard that this was coming out. I did not like even look into it before agreeing to review this. I wanted to not have any expectations when I started and I was assumed that Warwick Davis would be back and I knew Val Kilmer probably would not be. For people who don't know, Val Kilmer Um, has suffered some very unfortunate health problems over the last several years that's robbed his ability to speak comfortably and act and work. Right. And uh, he did do a cameo in Maverick is my understanding. I have not seen that yet, but... Um, it would be hard for him to hop on the, the sword and pony show for this time around. But I was just kind of like jazz for the for the adventure. I really so far I've I've loved this show and I hope it gets another season. I can tell you that so far. I personally really liked it. Pilot took a bit to really get going, but after that, it really did take off. And yeah, we don't have Mad Mardigan, but we do have Joanne 
Wally back as now Queen Sorsha, who I really loved saying. I also really liked a lot of new characters. We get to meet Sorsha's kids, Kit and Eric. And Eric is the one, is the, is our damsel here because he gets kidnapped. <laughs> and thus, Kit and her girlfriend, Knight, Jade, and Borman, and her betrothed, Prince Graydon, are all set on this adventure. Oh, yeah, and it turns out Alora Dannon's with them, too. It's really good. I really liked it. There were some parts where I thought maybe leaning a bit too hard on the nostalgia. Like, I liked seeing Kevin Pollock again, but I was also thinking, wow, this really could have been cut down a bit. <laughs> I was able to deal with that part for, for people that don't quite recall. Kevin Pollock was one of the two little brownies, mm-hmm. the little tiny fairy people. Yeah. And they bring him back. They trot him out for a very brief, just fan service hit. That's I'm fine. Glad, <laughs> I'm glad it was confined to one episode. Yes, me too. I'm glad yeah. I did not take him with them. Like, I would like for them to show up in future seasons, but just for a little bit. <laughs> you know, the thing of it is, is brownies are like droids in Star Wars. The more, mm-hmm. the less brownie humor you have, the better it's going to land. Exactly. I would say they're more like Ewoks, sir. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Okay, but can Ewok do as many great impressions as Kevin Pollack? I don't think so. I ended up enjoying it a lot. It's very, I watched a very similar, like I watched Witcher Blood Origins, which is a very similar D&D party show. And that stank on ice. (laughs) And this was so much more fun because it's the right kind of mix of weird and serious that, you know, some of your classic older stuff from the era Willow came out in the movie, mm-hmm. like uh, Never Ending Story and stuff like that, that like was basically charming fairy tale fantasy, but with occasional just very serious beats and very cool creatures. Or uh, uh, what's the, the, was it Return to Oz? That was another one, or Labyrinth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like yep. there's, there's the very- Dark it's Crystal. generally a very, yeah, it's generally a very fun, light story, but it's uh, it's got enough- cool beasties and serious moments that when you're entering that young adult demographic you didn't feel like pandered to yeah the young adult stuff here is also really good as i previously mentioned sword lesbians i legit really did like that because it was an honest actual earnest attempt of a disney property to really do some good queer love story Mm-hmm. A, li- a live action Disney property that yeah. wasn't wasn't Owl House or something. Not some fucking background animated character they can cut out for fucking Saudi Arabia and mm-hmm. China. That bullshit in Star Wars Episode Nine. Which bullshit? Let's just say all of it and move on. <laughs> uh, but here, I really liked those performances of Ruby Cruz as Kit and Aaron Kellyman as Jade. I that chemistry was just. So good. And not just with those two characters, this whole show is just kind of delightfully queer. Mm-hmm, yeah. They, they yep. appear to be like like legally prohibited from actually kissing some for some reason. It, yeah, but then like right near the end of that episode, it's like, nah, they lesbians. <laughs> it's very fun. The supporting people are very fun. The actual arc with Willow himself is very mm-hmm. fun because he's supposed to be the like senior advisor character. And there is the dramatic problem here of... He sort of beat Bav Morda in the end of Willow with kind of a kind of trickery, li- yeah. literally a hat trick, right? Yeah. 
and how that gets explored is done very well. Oh yeah. yeah. There was some some great like editing with they managed to weave in scenes from the from the movie in such a way that it kind of took into account the film quality and I was really jazzed. That was so cool. <laughs> and I also, I really liked how Warwick Davis, if you watch Willow in the, the movie, he's obviously the first time that he's ever like acted out loud. <laughs> and I like that 30 years later, he's a better actor. So I'm happy about that. Well, I here's what I'll say about Willow just as a property. If I have to sell our listeners who may not have been exposed to this before. Willow to me is, Matt, you brought up a, a, like a role-playing game campaign or a D&D &D campaign. I think Willow is like a bunch of, this is the adventure that you take a bunch of first-timers on. You get to see the world. You get <laughs> yeah. to see a good sample of all the creatures. You're going to have a dragon. You're going to have a knight. You're going to see some magic. You're going to have fairies. Part of it takes place in a tavern. It ends in a fight in the tavern. It's like a D&D &D adventure. The series is like, what if we took all those first-time players and brought them back for one session? The guys who showed up could show up. And then we filled in the cracks with a bunch of new players. And we're going to take them on a longer, broader campaign. And what I like about this show is, and I know, Harmony, you had to binge it, but if you did watch it week to week, it is a delightfully episodic show. Every episode has its own arc. We have, you know, a grander arc to tell. There are, there are cliffhangers, but every episode has a definitive beginning, middle, and end. It has a definitive setting. It has a definitive bad guy. And so it's like a nightly session. This is the session when we're going to Bathmortis Castle. This is the session where we're going to wander the sea. This is the session where we're at the castle. And so that's just the feel it got for me. Now, I will say there are some, I guess, design or stylistic choices, both in, in music choice and in costume, that felt a tad anachronistic. There's a pair of uh, woodland lesbians who are uh, living in seclusion early in the show, and they're almost dressed like it's the 70s. There's a lot of denim. Yeah. There's big There's floppy hats. There's a lot of denim hats. in, this, in yeah. this universe. And so <laughs> yes. I was watching that, yeah, and I'm like, true. I but... don't know about this. And I was crossing my arms and making my fanboy frowny face. But this show is so much fun. Even if at the end of the day I decided I didn't like it, I didn't care. And at the end of the day, I didn't quite get there. I'm like, okay, yeah, using that song there was super cheesy, but like, I, I get what they were going for. This is fun. But my counterpoint, it was Hannah Waddingham uh, chopping wood with a double-headed axe. That's enough for me. <laughs> and as for, the music, as for the music choices, I can agree. Like the finale choice of the end credit song for the finale really did bother me, but... Mm. There were some that were really good because they used some great covers. Especially the fourth episode has this amazing, hauntingly great piano cover of Black Hole Sun. Yeah. That is kind of now in my rotation. I don't mind the anachronistic music. It does have a little bit of they wanted a riff or the chorus and didn't think about the whole song. Yes. <laughs> yeah. like, like the For Dire sure. Straits song that talks about refrigerators and microwaves and toward the middle of it. And then the I'm on fire is not a wedding song. Yeah. I also like I have this grand medievalism rant. There were a couple things like uh, Prince Eric wears a shirt in one scene 
that is clearly a silk shirt with like machine embroidered seams in it. Oh my gosh. And some of that stuff does set me off. But on the other hand, real medievalism, like like if everybody in Vikings Valhalla was dressed how they're supposed to be, they would be wearing what are, what are essentially women's outfits today. Great big shirts and tights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like nobody really wants like picture perfect, accurate fantasy things. No. And also the fantasy kingdoms are not literally medieval anything for all we know one of the nine realms has a gnomish sweatshop in it where they do have a sewing machine there, uh, like i said there's yeah. a lot of denim uh, i i uh, was like weirded out by that a little bit as we brought up val kilmer isn't really able to be here but i actually did like how this show addresses mm-hmm. what has happened to mad martigan where is he mm-hmm. and how that arc even went especially when i know we can't have val kilmer but for one episode we got christian slater in as our mad martigan analog and Mm -hmm. honestly that was probably my favorite episode of the season yeah it was pretty much like a DD campaign and how okay this is the week we're gonna invade the enemy cave you get backstory and you get emotional character beats and also as i said a pretty damn great guest performance by christian slater who i hope is returning if this show does get more seasons which i actually would like given where things end here the other beat in that um that episode that I thought was actually great was the um uncharacteristically smart trolls. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love like, Silas. Like Silas they, is the, amazing. The, oh my the god. The trolls the trolls from the Willow movie recur and it turns out they're actually quite they have quite a developed civilization oh my, Yes, I want to see more of them too. No th- th- that's another reason yeah. that's probably my favorite episode of the entire season. And see, I think that's where this succeeds because even if some of the music didn't hit me right it's having so much fun you can hardly blame them for it and that's the the one thing i'm taking away from this it this show looked like it was a blast to do and that translates it's a really fun show to watch a special shout out specifically our other mad martigan analog we 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 needed a uh an intrepid squash buckling brawler and we have the character of borman played by amar chadha patel and he Damn near chaotic ste- by energy. Damn near steals this entire show. Yep, as I said, that six episode on, like the last three, are, are especially just like this great showcase. And as Harmony explained, like yeah, chaotic bisexual energy <laughs> radiating off of him, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah, he was. He's a he's he's a fun watch for sure. Like he's he just wants to get this over with, get paid or whatever, get out. He gets of course, drawn into this adventure and really, I think, goes through a great kind of character development for him in that he is just as part of saving the world as the rest of them. And I I really like that. Like that opening of the finale Mm -hmm. where they're they're just like, are we really going to fucking do this? And he has his realization and it's, it's so fucking well acted. Also did want to shout out uh, Tony Rivoli, who does play Prince Graydon. Really liked him. And our Elora Dannon here is Ellie Bammer, who I think really did work. She did that well. As for, does this work as a standalone series? I think it does, because it actually does weave in and let you in on what the story was of the original. I rewatched the movie before 
the series started. But even if I hadn't, I still would have been like, oh, now I remember everything. I remember how it all went. The third episode, which is where they are in, like, Bavmorda's castle, you get great uh, integration of the film clips. Really skillfully brought off, by the way. Yeah, yeah, really well done. And it's, it's amazing. So, as a standalone, yes, you can honestly just... Go start watching it. Only eight episodes. As a sequel, I think it's pretty good. I think it is a little better as a standalone, but as a sequel, I think it does do a good continuation because it does fill in all the gaps. It's got great performances, some pacing issues, some design and music choices that are not quite good, but honestly, I had a lot of fun. And again, Sword Lesbians, which I gave 10 out of 10 on that. But as for the show overall, I will say about 8 out of 10 finger tests. Uh, I have to agree with Jordan in that I think it does really well on its own. I think it's a great story, fun to watch, cool to look at. Costumes are amazing, even if it is machine (laughs) embroidered silk. Is it a good sequel? I think so. Like, I think that it tries really hard to capture come that kind of happy fantasy feelings. You know, like the original movie is good for its time that it came out. And I think this is a good representation of where we are now. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 slimy cups of goo that you probably shouldn't be drinking. I agree. Like pretty much. I, I liked it a lot. I had a good time with it. It takes itself just the right amount of seriously. They did a couple things that like a lot of these fantasy series have been doing. Like the um the endless sea is a the flat black sea is a budget sparing set piece <laughs> that they can spend a full episode in and have a like it's like an episode that takes place in a blizzard. It's a it's a hardship that also requires no sets. But they did it smartly because they combined it with a training montage. So instead of just wandering through the blank, the blankness of the budget sparing bottle episode, they were leveling up in that time. That worked pretty great. I liked uh, everything here. Nobody really truly like snapped me out of anything. It was pretty fun. It laid enough groundwork for a season two. I, I have very few complaints with it. I'm going to give it eight out of 10 party rags. So I think two things happen in a lot of successful sequels. Sequels both evoke the original and iterate on the original. You've got Alien, which is a horror movie in space. You've got Aliens, which is the action sci-fi movie. Just for one example, Terminator is another example. I'm sure there are other examples that don't involve James Cameron. Uh, I think this does really well, and I'm going to agree with you, Matt. It does not take the original so seriously that it's afraid to have fun. Harmony, I'm agreeing with you because I loved how fun this was. It's it's almost an aperitif or a, a palate cleanser after some of the more dense and somber and serious fantasy series that we've had. You know, everybody's trying to cash in on that Game of Thrones dollar. And so we've had House of the Dragon. We've had Rings of Power. We've had uh, The Witcher, which are all fairly dark and dreary kind of pensive series. And Willow is just so effervescent and fun and it it's not afraid to get dark and the original movie didn't either but um i think this works very well as a standalone series i think anybody could hit this cold and it might even in, inspire them to watch the original 
I think it works well as a sequel. It's not trying to do the same thing over and over. It's trying to take it new places, and I appreciate that. I like some of the places this went. I also like there was a suspicious amount of H.P. Lovecraft lore in here. Just kind of worked <laughs> in. And uh, that was a surprise, but it was not unwelcome. I loved the cast. I loved the characters. This was just, it was a, it was a fun series to watch. And I'm going to catch myself watching again before too long. We are led to believe that this may be a series that keeps going, maybe? We'll, we'll let you judge that uh, post credit scene for yourself. But um, otherwise, I am giving this an 8 out of 10 weirdly fractal force lightning bolts. Got lightning fingertips. I do have to say that the wizard battles here were infinitely... Like, if you look at Harry Potter and look now, I think we've come a long way. I'm just glad they're color-coded so you know who's shooting who. <laughs> That's really considerate. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank my you for that. ADHD riddled ass. Thanks you, Disney. Yes. 